Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find Focus for Living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. Amen, amen. I want to talk to you tonight on the subject of use me, God. Use me. Now, in modern Christianity, I think we've kind of gotten away from God use me. And started saying, God bless me. God, what I want is your blessing. I'm not asking you to use me. But what we don't realize is as God uses you, his blessings come. You know, I had had a young man today tell me, he said, Pastor, I'm as happy as I've ever been. Because he got involved. Started letting the Lord use him. Aren't you glad that God's not looking for perfect people? If so, he's got to look over you and look over me. But he's looking for somebody that he can use. In the book of 2 Peter, chapter 3. 2 Peter, chapter 3. And I'm going to verse number 9. We're going to read a couple of verses here. And I'm reading from the NIV version. The Bible says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises. Let me just stay right there for a moment. How many has got a promise or two that you're still waiting on God? He said, I'm not slow. It's coming. Now, I don't know about you. You're probably more spiritual than I am. But sometimes I ask God, Lord, when's this thing coming? It's like flowing like molasses. When's it coming? But wait on it, right? He said, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Thank you, Jesus. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So let me just say that God doesn't want anybody To go to hell. He don't want anybody to perish. Let me go one step further. God doesn't want anybody to not have the life that he's called you to have. And the more my life lines up with this book, the better my life is. You know, I like what one farmer said. A preacher years ago went out to a farm and looked at over this massive fields of of beautiful uh, uh, pasture and different things and the farmer said, or the, the preacher said, man, God has done a good work here. And the old farmer said, yeah, but you should have saw it when he had it by himself. I like what one rose, uh, a gardener said. He goes, you are so lucky. And then the gardener said, I tell you what, I'm more lucky the harder I work. But for whatever reason... We've come into this new era of entitlement, and I'm not going to get political, but we've come into this new era, and what we want is God, bless me, bless me, bless me. Remember the song a few years ago, Watch Me, Watch Me. 
That's what it's about. Watch me. Watch me. Don't make me break it down. Watch me. And that is the era in which we live in. Facebook. I'm telling you, our bathroom has been on Facebook more times. You women know what I'm talking about, and some of you men. Big old mirror in there, like, hey. This, hey, this, this, for, some of, for some of you older folks, let me, let me tell you a new word. These, some of these girls go, I'm feeling myself. Now, guys, don't say that. It's a completely different meaning. But then, you know, they go, ooh, I look good. And taking pictures, I wonder, I, wonder, I wonder how many times our bathroom has been on Facebook and Instagram. I think people just come to church just to get to take a selfie. Why? Because in the selfie, you look good. In here, you like took your hair down, took your makeup off, kicked your shoes off. No, I'm just kidding. But that's the era in which we live. And some of y'all are like, I ain't never taking a picture there no more. It's all right. It's good. Good, good advertisement. As long as you're living right. But we live in this era that says, Lord, bless me. Me, me, I, I. But the Bible said in verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Not putting your not putting your hope in the stuff you have, but putting your hope in who has you. He says you ought to live holy. Oh, can't get no help up in here now. You ought to live holy and godly lives. You know, recognizing that Satan will provide many opportunities to sidetrack the church. To divert us from the appointed mission. We have got to exercise great discipline of thought. And great discipline of spirituality. It's too easy to get caught up in good activities and good programs. But yet neither evangelize the lost or equip the saints. And that's what we've called to do. We're called to evangelize the lost and equip the saints. But sometimes we get so enamored with our programs that none of that gets done. It's too easy to sidetracked by a bad attitude. Bump your neighbor and say he's talking about you right now. Or a discontented spirit. Both of which will keep a person Focused on themselves and not on the mission of God. It will keep the focus on their, don't be, don't be, don't be upset, their, on their petty criticisms, their carnal complaints, or their personal agenda. Some of y'all are like, I did not come here to get abused. Now I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you. 
the results as soldiers of the cross are not only, not only if we're doing this, we're disobeying the great commandment and ignoring the great commandment. Many of us have went AWOL, absent from service. I've said, I've talked to some older saints sometimes and they go, I did my time. I didn't know it was a sentence. Sometimes people retire and think they're supposed to retire from service unto God. But that ain't the way it goes. The ultimate end result of all of this is that people continue to go to hell in a handbasket. Because we're focused on me and mine, my blessing, my call, my, 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 my. But in John chapter 435, we find the words of Jesus and the urgency that we should keep, that should keep us on track. He said, do you not say four months more and then the harvest? He said, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. I mean, people are looking for hope more today than any other time in history. Our online service, our online Watch, our online streaming has more than doubled. That's a good thing because they're watching, they're curious, but they're still a little scared of us. It's all right. We'll do you good. We'll treat you so many ways you like one of them. I want to give you a few things tonight that maybe will help us as a church in the days ahead to fulfill the call of God because I still believe that the rapture's coming. I don't know when. I don't know, I don't know exactly uh, uh, when. But I do know it's coming. Billy Graham said many years ago that if God didn't come back soon, he's going to have to resurrect Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize. Because America is bad if not worse. So point number one is this. If you're taking notes, I believe it's on you version. Number one is this. Recognize the urgency. Recognize the urgency. The church can no longer allow herself to coexist with the spirit of status quoism. That we come to church and we hear a sermonette for Christianettes who smoke cigarettes <laughs> and go back home not changed. We come and we have our conscience kind of okay, we came to church, check, but did you get into the presence? I don't want to check church off unless I've been in the presence of God. Because he said, in my presence there is fullness of joy. In my presence there is liberty. In my presence there is freedom. And so I don't want to just check off the to-do list that I went to church. But I want to come and have church. Well, pastor, if we had a better preacher, I'd come to and have church. Baby, I can have church all by myself. All I need to do is just talk about Jesus for a few moments, and I can get excited all by myself. Because I know that once I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. So the church people who have been infected with this maintenance mentality, need to be delivered. 
The preacher, you're preaching to the wrong crowd. This is Wednesday night crowd. No, 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 no. I'm at the right church. Those church people who have become encumbered by the spirit of status quoism needs to be set free. The ones who have become so self-centered on their petty hurts are carnal agenda need to get saved, really saved. Saved to the bone. While the church has become satisfied with a small measure of growth and success, people just outside the doors of the church are dying and going to hell. Well, pastor, what can I do? Well, you can be a light. I'm, I'm, I'm getting off of, off of text right now. But you can be the light, man. You know, I, I heard uh, Nick Limbo's testimony yesterday. When, and I've known Nick for many years, but I never knew. That he said he, went, he lived in New Jersey all of his life, and nobody ever told him about Jesus till he was 50. 50. It was because it was Jersey, I know. <laughs> nobody in Jersey is saved. But anyway, I'm kidding. I know of three people there that are saved. <clears throat> but, but what I'm saying is what the world doesn't need is more Bible thumpers. Taking the biggest Bible you can and telling everybody they're going to hell. Most people know they're going to hell and then a lot of people don't know anything about hell. But what they need to do is see your light and let you begin to... You know, how, when was the last time? Don't answer but when was the last time you prayed, God, use me today? When was the last time that you prayed, God, make me sensitive to people who come by, <clears throat> who come my way that I might minister to them? <clears throat> so while the church has become preoccupied with our programs and our problems, our pettiness and our pickiness, People living in the shadow of the church being catapulted into the waiting arms of cults and false religions which damn their soul to hell. <laughs> Whew, glad I came to church. Wow. Now I want to shake us tonight, man. In a time when people are grasping for hope, if you truly believe that you have the hope that they need, then we need to share it. Until the, rec- until the church recognizes that our problems are only for a season, we're not going to change it. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. Recognize the urgency of winning the loss to Jesus. Or will we continue to help Satan populate hell? Through the lack of our own efforts. 
through the lack of our own efforts. Point number two, pursue the lost. Pursue. What do you mean? I mean, has God ever, like, gave you a person? There's a person who, that, that God's put in my spirit that I've been working on for four years. And I'm going to tell you straight up, I don't think he's any closer than he was when I started working on him. But I am. See, sometimes you think it's about the other person. And you don't know what God's doing on the other end. You don't know what God's waking them up in the middle of the night. There, matter of fact, he became my youth pastor. Now he's a pastor down in, in, in uh, Newport Ritchie. But I remember I worked on him and worked on him. I would go, this is before I liked watching football. I would go over and watch football with him, not even liking football, just so I could be around him. And then one day he came to my house out of the blue and said, Preacher, you got a moment? I was eating supper. I, was going, I said, yeah, yeah. He said, no, finish supper. I go, okay. So I walked out there and I said, what can I do for you? He said, I'm ready. I said, what you ready for? He said, I'm ready to get things right with God. I said, come on, let's, let's go back here. I said, you want to go to my office? He goes, could we go down to the altar? I said, absolutely. Took him to the altar, prayed him, prayed him through to the power of the Holy Spirit, and now he's a pastor uh, here in the state. Now, I'm, I want you to know something. That who, When's the last time that God put somebody on your, on your mind that you allowed him to? Because very little, pursue the lost, listen, very little is spoken of, if at all, the pursuit of the disgruntled, the dissatisfied, the discontented so-called saints. Pastor, somebody got my seat. Somebody got my parking spot. Come on, somebody. Even the passage of leaving the 99 to go after the one is a far stretch. Because the Bible says that he went after the one lost sheep, not the rebellious one. And we're so busy trying to corral the rebellious Christians that we're losing sight of the lost. Mm. I'm trying to preach here. The truth of the matter is that most church settings, more effort is giving or given to pursuing the saint who got mad and left rather than pursuing those who are hell bound and genuinely hurting. There are people in church who I call are time wasters. They want your time. They ain't going to change. They just won't waste your time. And you got to have discernment of spirit to know who's been sent by whom. Am I making sense to you? See, we don't need to pursue the already convinced. We need to pursue the lost. Now, we're, we're, I'm sure we're not there right now. But I remember years ago, 75% of our church were made up of new converts. That's incredible. But we've got to make sure that we're still pursuing the lost. And not the ones who get lost every week. Oh, you didn't like the sermon, so you lost now. Everybody all right? 
Well, that just didn't speak to me. Because you wasn't opening your ears. Jesus said in Luke 14 that we are to go out and compel the lost to come in. Compel them with life and compel them with our testimony. Compel them with hope. They need hope, man. Let me tell you something. Here's what I've learned. I I believe with everything that's in me, religion, religion is, is tough, man. That's why you need a relationship. I, some people go, Pastor, we, I've lost, I, I know of, I've lost six families. Over the last 30 years, I've lost more than that. But these six, I know, and it was because they said I was too real. I don't know who they expect me to be. Because I'm just going to be who I am. Here's what I know. I know. That I've been serving Jesus for 35 years, but I still need Jesus. I still need him every day and every hour. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. I need him, man. So compel them with your life and compel them with your testimony. Point number three is this. Expect the supernatural. Expect the supernatural. Now, the Bible says, Paul said, that one waters, another one plants, another one waters, but God gives the increase. You know, I remember seven, eight years ago when the first time I ever rode on a motorcycle journey with Gypsy over here. And, uh, and he was a kind of, he was standoffish, man. I mean, I'm not sure if he liked me back then. I ain't sure if he likes me now, but anyway, uh, nah. Yeah. Uh, but one, we just, we just went riding. I didn't, you know, and matter of fact, I purposely sat next to him when we had for dinner. Why? Because I wouldn't even know. I'm a real dude. I don't know, I don't know how long ago, how long it was, but if a year or so later, he come walking down the aisle. He said, Pastor, he said, I've been in AA for 20 years. He said, I've decided that I need to make Jesus my higher power. I go, come on, bro. And then he said, and I love this. He said, and I wondered what church would accept me. He said, and here's what he said. He said, I remember riding with you, with you guys. And I thought y'all were a pretty cool group of, of men. So I thought I would come here. Can I come to church here? And I go, well, I'll tell you right now. You get them tattoos off of you. <laughs> Shave that beard. Get your hair. Get on some regular clothes instead of your biker clothes. No. And that's what I love about you is you accept most people at face value. Here, here's what he said. There's a guy. There, uh, he's been one of our elders. Uh, they're, they're staying away right now because of COVID. But, I, but he said, when I knew that this was my church, Clifford Smith. Many of you know Clifford Connie Smith. And uh, he said, when he came up to me and hugged me and said, good to see you, brother. Now, Clifford, if you don't know Clifford and Connie, you're black. Well, that's racist. No, that's a fact. And so he said, that's when I knew that I was all right. Listen, church, I've said this many times. I know I've run some people off church, but you've run so many more people off than I have. Why? By not talking to them, by looking down your nose, whatever the case is. You, 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 man, we've got to get back to expecting the supernatural. 
I mean, who knew, you know, how, how many years ago has it been, Gypsy? Five years. Who knew five years ago that he would be a, a, a greeter here in the church, an usher here in the church, one of, and, and even mentoring people, mentoring men now? Who knew? I'll tell you who knew. Jesus knew. And the same God that did it for Gypsy and that did it a hundred years ago for Popeye, he'll do it for you if you let him. Well, Pastor, you don't know where I've been. I don't know where you've been, but I know where Jesus has been. He was on the cross, and he died for your sin, and he went to hell and brought back death, hell, and the grave, and he's alive and well and sitting on the right hand of the throne of God, and he maketh intercession for you, and he is still saving the lost. The supernatural expected. How many times have I seen people go, Oh my God, so and so's here. Oh my God. I can't believe the church is still standing. I had one guy tell me that one day. He go, Pastor, if I came to church, it would, it would fall in. I go, man, we, we got this thing engineered for 144 mile an hour wind. Come on. He said, I've done too much. I go, what have you done? I don't even want to tell you. I go, tell me. He said, I don't want to tell you. I said, tell me, you little punk. So he told me some stuff, and I just laughed at him. I said, dude, I got women who's done worse than that. <laughs> right? Awkward. It was. He thought he was all bad. You're a little punk. If you want to measure it up, you're a punk, man. You're not even a good sinner. You ever met people who don't know how to sin good? I love, I love Joe Sweet. Joe Sweet is our is the is the head of our orphanage there in Citra. And uh, Joe Sweet told me this one guy he always deals with orphans and this one kid cussing. He goes, <laughs> he looked at him and goes, Is that the best you can do? Is that the best cussing you can give a person? You can do better than that. That's how I kind of felt. In Acts chapter 3, verse 5, we read the lame man who looked upon Peter expecting to receive. You know, listen, I expect people to get saved every service. I expect it. I expect it. Later in the passage, we find that he was miraculously healed. God ultimately used this supernatural miracle of healing as a sign that pointed people to Jesus. No matter how small that thing that God does for you, when you know God did it, Tell your unsaved friends what God did. Yeah, they might look at you strange. That's all right. It puts a seed. Tell them what God's done. Tell them what God's done. See, we're told in Acts 4 and 4 that the miracle resulted in the salvation of over 5,000 men, not including men or not including children and women. As we expect, embrace, experience the supernatural manifestation of God, we'll see people saved as a result. And let me tell you something. You ain't got to wait for them to get here to get saved. The, honestly, the way the church should be set up is people should be getting saved on the street, in your home, in your workplace, at Winn-Dixie. And then they come here showing a, a, a witness of faith. But for whatever reason, people think you got to bring them to me to get them saved. No, you got to bring them to Jesus to get them saved. Because I can't save a flea with a headache, baby. Number four, maintain your flexibility. 
Matthew 5 is recorded the nine Beatitudes taught by Jesus during the Sermon on the Mount. If Jesus would let me, I'd add one more thing in there. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not break when they are bent. That's what I would put under there. They would not break under pressure. They would not break during times of change. In Acts 2.47, the Bible says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. God is the giver of increase. God is the giver of growth. God is the giver of enlargement. Therefore, God is the initiator of change. God is the giver of increase, growth, and enlargement. God is the initiator of change. I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. I have no idea. Yeah. God is the initiator of change because growth brings change and change brings growth. Did you hear that? Growth brings change and change brings growth. Not all change brings growth, but all growth brings about change. No church can grow without experiencing change. It's simply not possible. You can't grow spiritually without, experience, without experiencing change. If you don't want to change, then you need to find some dead, dry, crusty religious institution passing itself off as a church. Because if you're going to come here, I'm going to do my best to present the word of God to you, to challenge you, to change, to come up, to go a little deeper, come up a little higher, whatever the case may be in your life. God's will for you and God's will for our church and is growth and growth produces change. Not compromise of principles, but maybe a change of methods and attitudes. Here's a thought to ponder. When someone resists change... They resist growth because change is a direct result of growth. So when somebody resists that they are in fact resisting growth, and since God is the initiator of growth, then when sometimes when someone resists growth, then maybe possibly they are resisting God. Not a good thing to do. Number five, retain unity. Retain unity. Ephesians 4.1 says, That's the prisoner of the Lord Jesus then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Paul speaking of maintaining unity in the church setting. You ever been to church and everybody hates each other? You ought to try to preach in that church. I, pre- I tried to preach in that church one time. How'd it go, Pastor? I preached. I'm almost, you know, I... I, I done showed you. I done told you I can preach to an empty church. I, I don't like it, but I can. This is crucial area in a growing, changing, evolving, relevant church. You got to stay in unity, retain unity. Unity is important because because of its contribution to the manifestation of God's anointing. Man, where the Bible said where unity is is commanded the blessing. Where unity is, is commanded for God's blessing to be there on you. Uh, Psalms 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. If the devil can get us fighting one another, then we can't fight for the souls of the lost and the downcast. Don't be a tool of the enemy He's got enough of tools. Point number six, and I'm done. Expand 
our worker base. Matthew 9, 37 says, Then saith the Lord, or then saith unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. What I've come to realize is this. The more responsibility I have, the more responsible people I need. Did you hear that? The more responsibility you have, the more responsible people you need. I think about, I think about Moses, and you know, Moses, he was like, Lord, I can't deal with all these people. And God said, you got to set them out. you got to put people over them. you gotta, you got to get organized. So you need, to, you need to expand our worker base. Do you, know, do you know that the Holy Spirit doesn't just sweep through this church and clean it? No, it, it, the Holy Spirit doesn't come in here and, and, and turn on the computers and, and all those things and put all the, all the media and all that stuff. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He uses people. There's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no way nice to say it. There's no way to say it without upsetting the self-centered. Are you ready? I'm going to upset your apple cart. Come on back so I'll shut up. Saved people serve. Saved people serve. Someone once said, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. I'm not willing because of my lack of involvement, my lack of praying, my lack of wanting to win the lost. I'm not willing to be a part of the problem. I'm going to be a part of the solution. Well, pastor, that's right. You're the preacher. No, 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 no. I'm first a, I'm first a child of God. And it's it's up to me to also win the lost. So it's up to you, it's up to me to win the lost. Would you bow your heads with me today? If you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus, man, it's the wrong thing to be wrong about. It's as simple as asking Jesus to come into your life and forgive you of your sin and then trying to live out your faith in God. I give you my word, I won't embarrass you, but if you're in this place and you're not sure, Pastor, if God were to come back right now, I'm not sure where I'd go. Well, we serve a I know so God. And if that's you, would you slip up your hand? And you can put it right back down. I see that hand, I see that hand. God bless you. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. Then with all the sincerity that you can muster, you know, if all you do is say the words that I, to, if all you do is repeat the words that I say, but you don't mean them in your heart, that's the, that's the key. Romans said, ask, believe, and confess, and you shall be saved. But you got to believe. So everybody in this room, especially those two that raised your hand, would you just pray this prayer, Heavenly Father? Come into my heart. Come into my life. Let my life be your light to use however you feel needed. I submit my life unto you, God. Use me today. Use me tonight. In Jesus' name, 
amen, and amen. Come on, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And we will see you next week here at CRCOG.